0: I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are a Paranormal Chicks. Episode 235. Woop woop. All right. Well, I have to tell you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So me and Tiffany have started playing Punch Bug again. And you know how we get around playing it. Like we're, we we got to win. Well, we were coming back from Birmingham and she had already got one when I was merging onto a thing and she's like... Well, you know that's how I do it, but because I can't see, like I'm like time out. Do they know you went to Birmingham? and Why? No, we can get to that in a minute. Okay. But it d- this was on my brain, okay. and so that's it. But um, so I was like merging. I was like, G- "Girl, you can't," you know, whatever. Well, so at the we hadn't seen any other one on the way home. We <laughs> we were close to getting home, and I thought I saw one because you know when it's a small car and it's like. A different color like it was like a lighter green color my brain just says punch bug Mm -hmm. well i was like punch bug and then it registered that no it's not she said before she could even register like that it wasn't a punch bug like she wasn't thinking it wasn't i screamed i was like no it wasn't i'm god shit (laughs) motherfucker. what did i say god now of course when i'm like trying to think about it but like i screamed and i was just like no, it isn't. I suck at fucking life. <laughs> but, like, I just said it in, like, one breath, you know? She was like, good God. <laughs> I'm like, it's not that serious. Why did I go? Like, I can't remember the words. She probably did. Like, she'll, she'll be like, no, this is what you said. Because it scarred into her memory. It's <laughs> like, I don't like being wrong, okay? We fucking know. Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, so we went to Birmingham on Monday Because I went to UAB for dermatology stuff. We're trying to see what's wrong with my skin. And basically they were like, yeah, you're not textbook, but we're going to take you anyway and see what's going on. So I got a biopsy done and Carrie gets to take out my stitches this time. And I said... (laughs) I said, you're going to finally get to do what you're going to, you've always wanted. And she's like, what? I'm like, I don't
1: remember ever being like, I'm so excited to take out your stitches. No, you're like, I could do it. I I, could do it every time. Because it's
0: pointless to pay for an office visit when I could just do it. Well, okay. One, I had never had stitches before the first time I had gotten them out. And I had to go to the office anyway because they needed to test for something else. So I did it. And then it's like, I don't know. But I'm gonna just trust Carrie with my life, okay, <laughs> but I go back in a month, so I will let y'all know what's going on. We're falling apart <laughs> been falling apart. I finally finished devil in Ohio, and
1: what did you think? It was good, okay I don't um like I got you can't say anything without like giving shit away, yeah, you know, but it, I felt like. It could have ended faster, but then sometimes I'm like, well, shit, you could have done more with that, you right. know? Right, So, like, yeah. there was some stuff I was like, the storyline just, like, dropped off, and then some stuff I was like, well, you should have dropped that off and yeah. kept that other thing going. 100%. It
0: was, it was definitely worth the watch. Yeah. Would I watch it again? No. But I'll tell you what I am watching, Game of Thrones, and... Tiffany can also tell you this. She's like, can you get over those seasons? Because everything she would say, I'm like, like on Game of Thrones when so-and-so, she's like, shut up. I'm like, that's all I'm doing with my life right now, okay? And you know the hatred I have for certain killers and all of that. Like, we'll say, you know, the one who murdered his whole fucking family starts with a Chris and ends with a Watts. Like, the rage I have for him I have that for a fictional character as well. And that's fucking King Joffrey. If you know, you know. But the guy who played him, he, he's like a kid. Okay. So he's going to be my next uh, Green Mile guy. Yeah, Where you hate him and anything he is. It's like, no, he's a really good actor because he made me hate him. Like, hate him. That's this guy. You know what's going on, though? Harry's already got dun, 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 nah. Halloween decorations. We
1: had fun putting up the decorations, but there was a moment of sadness, though, because I realized that this time last year when I was putting them up, my dog Bo was still alive, and it was just a couple weeks after that that I had to put him down last year. Oh, gosh. So, yeah.
0: this yeah. Is, We're coming in
1: on kind of a, a harder time of the year. Yeah. But we didn't put the outside decorations up yet because it's still 975 degrees outside. (laughs) So we're going to have to mow like six more times before Halloween. So we didn't want to put up the outside stuff and have to like keep taking it down to mow around it. Yeah. So we'll wait till closer in October for that. Yeah. I did put up my wreath on my door, but not like the whole shebang. And I know how much some of y'all hate them, but I did buy two more, um, what are they called? Inflatables? Yeah. Yeah fucking walmart got me man
0: (laughs) i love a damn inflatable and some people hate them and i love them yeah i i don't hate them i don't like them but i will say because i like how you leave them up all the time because when you deflate them during the day that's when they get so dirty yeah well and to me that like defeats the purpose Mm -hmm. like just leave them
1: on yeah what we did do when we were putting up the decorations was we watched hocus pocus And it had the trailer for the second one. And I cannot freaking wait.
0: I know. I can't wait either. I haven't seen really anything. And so I don't want to see because it's going to ruin it. I am the exact same way. I do not want to see the trailer.
1: I just saw it was on there, but I will not watch it. Yeah. But one thing I think is so freaking cute is because you know how in the first one, when their brooms get stolen while they're trick-or-treating, and so they have to get like whatever they can from the the devil's house. (laughs) And um, they do, like, the broom, the mop, and the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Well, in the new one, they have, on the picture, they have a broom, a Swiffer, and um, Mary's character is on two Roombas instead of the vacuum cleaner.
0: Well, and you know, I'm always going to be the Mary of the group. Yeah. You know I would not be able to have two of those underneath my feet because I never tried those hoverboard things, but I can guarantee you I would have, like, just falling on my face. Yeah, because we're over the weight limit. Well, that too. But like, I laugh at all those videos where the parents are trying to do it, but like, I'd be the same way. Oh, 100%. I I wouldn't even be able to get on it. (laughs) No, me either. Like, you'd be holding me, Mm -hmm. me trying to do it. But that, like, so I'm like, Mary, more power to you that you could put your legs on that and fly because I couldn't do it. It is so funny, like, me, you,
1: and Tiffany, well, Tiffany's hair is purple right now, but it's usually red. Like, Mm -hmm. we really
0: are all three of them. Yeah. We've been
1: trying trying to be that for halloween for like decades but donna says their dresses are too hot they are they are it's way too much fabric literally that has been our conversation (laughs) for 20 years
0: (laughs) well now you have a person that don't mean i can't be a thing with y'all he could be the guy from the the thing oh lord the ex-boyfriend yeah He's mine! No, you're not Winifred. Oh, no. I thought he was What's-Her-Face's ex-boyfriend. No. Oh, just kidding. Anyway, well, he can still be her. Him. (laughs) Now you're all flabbergasted. Well, before we keep talking and talking and talking, we got to talk about Peak and BT Fountain. Y'all have heard it, and we're still taking it, loving it, and want to tell you more about it. Peak's BT
1: Fountain is like skincare you can drink. And my face has been so damn dry because, well, I'm just getting old. They're starting to change a little bit. It's not quite as humid. So my face is needing a
0: little bit extra. So you really do need to drink it twice a day because you will get more hydrated. Your skin's gonna be more hydrated. And you'll start to really glow. You really will. It enhances and boosts internal moisture production. It's got ceramides in it. Beauty brands that you see out there that say hyaluronic acid. Yeah, you can drink peak the BT fountain, and you get that hyaluronic acid. So all we have to say is moisture, moisture, moisture. Electrolytes that help with that deep cellular hydration too. hydration 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 okay but seriously like you can lotion all you want but if your skin's not hydrated and it doesn't have that moisture it's not really doing what you think it's doing that's like locking in the moisture but if you're not moisturized can I say moisturized one more time I mean it's like one of the worst words on the planet <laughs> well that's moist this is a different like this is a or of it But anyway, seriously, Peak will help you get to where your lotion is working for you because of what you're drinking. You're basically, you know,
1: from the inside out and not that sad ass movie. But it can help with brain fog too because electrolytes, you know, you got to have that to be able to process your nutrients.
0: And if you're anything like Carrie,
1: you're more irritable in the afternoon. This helps. Even better, it's non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, and it comes in a yuzu berry flavor. It's so good. It's very good. Okay. So Peak's offering a limited time offer just for y'all. You're going to get 15% off plus free shipping for life when you subscribe at peaklife.com
0: creep. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash creep. That's C-R-E-E-P. And you
1: get 5% off site wide. When you use the code creep. So, if you want 15% off plus free shipping for life, when you subscribe, go to peaklife.com creep and then use code creep for 5% off site-wide. Wide, wide,
0: wide. I don't know, I just had to repeat.
1: Well, y'all know I always use the Facebook group for my recommendations for stories or, you know, messages or the Discord or all the things. But this came from Brandy C on the suggested posts in the Facebook group. So, this story is actually a pretty well-known story Um, It's on an episode of Forensic Files, which you know I fucking love. But I've never seen it on there. But anyway, it's on that show License to Kill. And Ann Rule wrote a book about it called Last Dance, Last Chance. Oh, okay. And you know, Ann Rule, I feel like she loves doctor stuff. Mm. Remember that other story I did like, you know, long time ago? It was like a doctor book? Yeah. A doctor book, but you get the point. Yes. Okay, so picture it. 1978. And a girl named Debbie was working as a pharmacy tech when she met a college student named Anthony Pignatero. So Anthony was the son of a very brilliant surgeon in Buffalo, New York, and he grew up with money and prestige and all of that. And Deborah, well, she went by Debbie, not as much. She grew up from a family that was, you know, a little more financially strained, if you will. Anthony wanted to follow in his daddy's footsteps, and he wanted to become a surgeon, too, but he was having a hard time getting into medical schools in the U.S., so he actually attended medical school in Puerto Rico, which is, like, I know technically the U.S. That that was all confusing to me, but you get what (laughs) I'm saying, though. And Debbie stood by his side while he finished medical school, and they eventually got married in 1985. Within the first year, Anthony had an affair. Oh, gosh. But you know what? Debbie was like, look, I'm going to forgive him. Like at least once I'm going to forgive him. We're going to work this out. So she did. She forgave him and they moved on. But okay, Anthony was kind of weird. So I I don't know. This, this just whole scheme thing is weird to me. So he was an entrepreneur and he had like patent pending. Actually, I saw a picture. So I think it was fully patented because he started going bald when he was like 23 so, he patented this toupee system where you put, like, four bolts in your scalp, and it, like, bolts in to your scalp so it can't go flying. Ooh. But, like, a lot of the pictures of Anthony, like, you can clearly tell he's wearing a toupee. Oh. Like, I'm like, yeah, it may not blow away, but it still looks like a toupee. You yeah. Know? But we're going to skip all the toupee business, and we're going to talk about Anthony as a physician. So... He fancied himself a plastic surgeon, but he wasn't board certified, and he was never even trained as a plastic surgeon.
0: Don't they say, though, that some, like, doctors really do do that? What you mean? Where they will do plastic surgery even though they're not trained? I mean,
1: I guess it depends on what it is. Like, I mean, ethically, should you be doing, like, a rhinoplasty if you're... Like a gastroenterologist? No. Right. But like not only did he not have a training in any type of plastic surgery fellowship, like he wasn't even trained as a surgeon. Yeah. So there's like doctor and then you go on and get like surgery training. Mm -hmm. He didn't do that. Yeah. And he started ENT training, but he never finished that either. So he was just like a general physician, like a general practitioner, basically. Yeah. Yeah. From what I can tell, because even like in one of the interviews with something I saw, they specifically said like he said he was an ENT, but he never finished that like fellowship. Yeah. So he has a plastic surgery practice where he does surgery inside of his clinic. Not a surgery suite, his clinic, like in the basement. Oh. So part of this story starts when a girl by the name of Terry for her ninth birthday, she, her husband gave her the gift of liposuction. Like, it was something that she had wanted forever and ever and ever. And finally, he was like, look, you know what? For your birthday, you can go go see uh, Dr. P, get you some lipo. Yeah. She was super excited about it because she had had a baby and she had done everything she could to just get rid of that her belly and she just couldn't do it. And so, it was everything that she wanted. Yeah. So, Terry went for her first consultation with Dr. Pignotero and everything seemed awesome. Like, she was totally at ease with what she said in that show License to Kill and she felt fine. So in June of 1997 when her husband dropped her off that's when everything changed. At first she said she was given a handful of pills to take and then she was taken to their like quote surgery center but this surgery center was literally in the basement. Like go down two flights
0: of stairs in the basement Damn. Also, can I just take this moment, because I've still been thinking, I swear I have heard that before, that, like, be careful who you pick for your plastic surgeon, because they might not have, like you said, the fellowship or whatever, but they don't have to. Right. To be a plastic surgeon. Right.
1: Okay. Well, that's what I said before, and you were like... Yeah, but I'm saying, like, there's, like, ethical things with, like, they can't just, I don't think... They can just do anything.
0: Well, I don't... I think... God, why do we have to say think like that? But on that show with the guys, the husband of the woman... You know, botched. Yeah. I think that's what they had said. But anyway, so I was just thinking, like, maybe with, like, a dermatologist, you wouldn't want to get something removed. Well,
1: okay, so like, for that example, yeah. So I had a little mole on my chin that I got removed. But um, I had a patient one time that was a dermatologist, and she said... Go to a plastic surgeon for that because it's so deep. You need a plastic surgeon so, for the scar instead of a dermatologist. Yeah. Well, so it's like th- they could, other, mm-hmm. other physicians could do those things, but like yeah. the plastic surgeon's gonna have the more finesse for like scarring
0: and all of that. Yeah, I was gonna say the after, like even with my biopsies, I mean, they're just stitching it up to stitch it up. Right. You know, it's not like, and it's going to have a perfectly lined scar, you know, like it's just what it is and that's fine because it's in weird like you can't see them but yeah for that part so I was just trying to think of that like technically they could right but you would want to go to a plastic surgeon yeah and you're talking
1: about Terry Dubrow who he, yeah but he is actually the host of the show License to Kill
0: <laughs> yes sorry i just jerked my neck so. <laughs> i know she was so, like i wish i could seen her right. She was so shocked you know i love those kinds of connections yeah. yeah so
1: terry gets taken down to have her surgery and she's put in this chair and she's like wait this isn't right like where's the light where's the- oh it didn't even have a light yeah but she had already taken this medicine and she's like no something's not right like i don't like this like she was wanting to back out but it was like too late because the medicine's taking effect and yeah it's, like, she can't tell them And she says the last thing she remembers is literally moaning and waking up at 5 p.m. in the waiting room completely dressed and her husband picked her up to take her home and blood is literally pouring down her legs.
0: Oh, my God. Like,
1: she said her daughter had to mop it up. (sighs) Holy shit. When she goes to look at her stomach, she sees there's, like, Almost 20 staples across her stomach. What? For liposuction? Right. But not all of the incisions were closed. So, like, there were points where she said, you can stick, like, a whole finger in there. Oh, God. So, of course, she calls Dr. Pignatero, and he's like, don't worry about it. That's just extra fluid. Like, excess fluid from the surgery. Nothing to worry about. Just rest. We'll check on you in the morning. You're fine. Oh, my God. If it was that much fluid,
0: you would have a drain.
1: Well, so she sleeps on it, but the next day she's in more and more and more pain. I
0: can't fucking imagine. This, so, why did you do this?
1: I know. So she goes to the emergency room, and the doctors are like, yeah, you're in pain. He nicked your fucking intestine. <gasps> what? And she had gotten this super bad infection and some of the sutures that he had actually placed cut off the blood supply to part of her abdomen starting to cause it to rot holy fuck she had this four inch hole that was left and then you remember how your mama used to have that big wound on her stomach yeah. and she had to have her suck pump for yeah, <laughs> uh, aka a uh, wound back but she was left with a hole like that like a four inch hole that was An inch and a half deep.
0: Fuck! An inch and a half? Not
1: that. Half an inch deep. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I invert numbers. Don't buy me. I'm like, good God! (laughs) But, so she had to spend quite a few days in the hospital getting IV medications and stuff to literally keep her alive.
0: This is my personal nightmare.
1: So, while she's in the hospital, she wakes up at about two thirty one morning and... There's somebody there to see her.
0: Oh, fuck. He did not. The audacity. Yes.
1: It's Dr. Pignatero. He's holding her chart and literally yelling at her to go home. What? He's like, go home. Nothing's wrong with you. And the nurses come in and are like, bro, you got to leave. Like, you can't. Bye. Yeah. You did this to her. Leave. Yeah. But here's the thing. There was not a formal investigation into his practice until... August of 1997.
0: Of course. Of course there wasn't.
1: This is when his patient Sarah Smith came in to have a breast augmentation. So Sarah was 26 and the mother of two. She went in for this breast augmentation and at some point she still had feeling like she literally said ouch. So he gave her some more I think phenobarbital, but don't quote me on that because what do I know about medicine? But he gave her some. Sorry, did they even have IVs
0: and stuff? Yes. Okay, just because they gave her pills? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. Why were you giving pills? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I don't quote me
1: on that because, <laughs> Could I say that one more time this episode? What? I don't actually know that they had IVs, but I'll tell you why in a second. Okay, okay, okay. So, but, but I think yes, because she's kind of out of it and he gave her some more medicine. So that's why my gut says yes. But so he gives her some more of the medicine and he starts to do the procedure, but he gave her too much and it depressed her respiratory system and she went into cardiac arrest.
0: Oh my gosh. So
1: 911 is called and when the first responders get there, this scene is a disaster Because Dr. Pignatero does not have any of the equipment that he should have. He does not have a ventilator. So he's putting... Yeah. So he's putting patients under sedation with no fucking ventilator. When they get there, he's like trying to do CPR and all, but he's trying to open her airway with a coat hanger.
0: What? A fucking coat hanger. What in the... Not a tube. Like, why would you think of a coat hanger anyway? Like, that just shows, like, what a barbarian he like. But oh. literally, of all the
1: things that you're trying to, like, open an airway with, why is that what you chose out of all the shit you've got? Which ain't much. But, but so that's why I said I'm not sure about the IVs because he didn't even have a ventilator. Yeah. But
0: I think so because he gave her some more medicine. Right. So, I'm just like, why did you have a coat hanger down there and not anything else in the surgical center?
1: Because one, it's a basement. Right. He did not have Okay, so this is who was present for all of this. Him, his wife, who was like Debbie, who's just kind of like an office manager, yeah. question mark, um, an LPN, which is a licensed practical nurse, and a 17-year-old high school student. That oh, is they're like tech question mark yeah so a lot of stuff threw shade at this and I actually asked one of the nurses at work this because a lot of the articles talked about how he like cut corners like with costs and all that and they were like he didn't even have an RN he only had an LPN and I was like wait can't you can't have an LPN in the OR and the nurse I asked at work said that you can, but that there's medications, that, of course, that they can't give as an LPN than an RN can. Mm, okay. So a lot of times you need the RN in the room to be able to do those medications. Okay. So, okay, I get that, but I also did not like the shade of a lot of these articles and yeah. an LPN because an LPN is a fucking nurse. Yeah. Like, don't be throwing fucking shade because all these other places, the minute you end up in a fucking nursing home, you're going to wish that LPN's taking good care of you. Right. So fuck off. But anyway, that's my soapbox today. So he had the LPN, his wife, the seventeen-year-old, and him. Did not even have an anesthesiologist. Yeah, that's scary as fuck. Which is why he coded her uh-huh. with too much fucking medicine because he's not an anesthesiologist, and he didn't have a vent to open up the airway that he just fucking killed by giving her too much medicine. Yeah,
0: I'm picturing like fucking saw basement. Same, you know. Actually. And then like I, and just because he's whatever, I'm just picturing like him taking skin off like the flesh and just like throwing, throwing it on it. the floor you know like what the fuck is going on i i don't know and like
1: I, I don't know and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the wife later but like i just feel like how is the wife not like something right like also he's not a plastic
0: surgeon yeah well i'm thinking about the student like was that just a worker, or were, was she from like no, Allied no, no, Hill? No, 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 no. It was like a worker. Okay, because I was like, if it's from like Allied Hill, no, 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 no. Someone, she should have been like, uh, and this is what happened at my job the other day, and they would have been like, wait, what skirt? What? No, 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 no. So of course, the first responders were
1: like, um, so, something's not right. So they like called the police. Thank God someone did. So. The next day, Terry, who was from, you know, the first Mm place, she gets a call from the doctor. She's home recovering. She gets a call from a doctor who had treated her at the hospital and is like, do you know what a lucky woman you are? That son of a bitch just killed a 26-year-old mother of two.
0: Oh, my gosh. So the police department
1: opens up an investigation because if he would have had the proper ventilation system there, she would have lived. That is
0: heartbreaking.
1: Because the first responders were able to bring her back with CPR, but she slipped in a coma and she eventually passed.
0: Oh my God. You know what? I hate everything about this story already, but I hate that he is preying upon people who have an insecurity or a need. Like, I don't know what her need was, but like Tiffany talks about Getting a breast reduction and mm-hmm. stuff and it's like that's a need for her some people it you know like it is debilitating or terry with the lipo like that is something that has you know hindered her and so it's a vulnerable population like you say so when he messes up the worst case scenario is sarah you know loses her life but then these people who have these insecurities about themselves are sometimes worse off like they're gonna have issues With how they look like i'm i'm thinking about all the staples he had in her stomach right and stuff like if she was so wanting that lipo and then it turned into like trauma for her well and not
1: to mention just the scar on the outside but the scar on the inside as far as like the scar tissue in her stomach that will eventually start like attaching to all of her organs and can be very painful
0: Gosh!
1: So, the toxicology came back on Sarah Smith. And, of course, I was totally wrong. It had sodium, pentothal, and Versed. So, basically, both of those medicines are supposed to relax you during surgery. Meanwhile, every medical professional that knows shit about medicine that's listening to this is like, you're a dumbass, Gary. But, basically, it was so high that she could not breathe on her own. And because he didn't have... ventilator there to do it for her she died wow so the lpn that was there she only had six months of experience and none of it was in a surgical setting wow so terry went public with her story because she's hoping to get more information out about him so that more people aren't hurt and then of course the police are investigating sarah smith's death when she came forward they found out that there were 13 other women who had made allegations against him. Wow. So finally, in January of 1998, the grand jury brought charges against him, and he was arrested and charged with second-degree manslaughter, criminally negligent homicide, second-degree assault, reckless endangerment, and falsifying business records. He ended up accepting a plea deal for criminally negligent homicide, and guess what? Oh, God, what was it? He got sentenced to six months in jail with five years of probation.
0: That is fucking ridiculous. He killed someone. He's maimed others. He's done... Oh, my gosh. Did his medical license get
1: taken away? Yeah, that was part of the plea agreement is that he could no longer practice medicine.
0: But no one's going to fucking check up on him. So he could because he's doing it out of a fucking basement now. So after he gets out of prison, he's having a hard
1: time... Finding work because, I mean, everybody knows who he is, right? He's having another affair. Mm, Of course. I don't know what words I just said. He's having another affair. I said he's like, having another affair.
0: Oh, I literally heard (laughs) you perfectly.
1: (laughs) Well, anyway, he's having one of those. But here's the thing because his mom is who is supporting the family financially. Because remember, his dad was like this well to do attorney. Yeah. Not that surgeon so you know he came from money so his mom is basically footing the bill for everything wait what happened to his wife well she worked for his clinic
0: yeah i mean she in the six months she didn't find another job i'm not sure they had young kids so uh, who knows what could have happened yeah
1: but you know they're making it work despite all the things because they had like debbie and um the good doctor just kidding fucking hate that but they had actually separated for a little while after he started having the affair again they got back together and they were making it work well then in 1999 Debbie starts getting sick she starts having all this like weird pain with numbness in her fingers and just like her feet and stuff and a lot of nausea like she just doesn't feel good She's starting to have some memory loss and even to the point where, sorry, and she even becomes so debilitated that she has to use a wheelchair a lot of the time.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Poisoning? Well, the doctors are like, what the fuck is going on? Like they have no idea. So they're like, okay, well maybe it's Guillain-Barre, which is like a, honestly, I don't think they really understand it, but they think maybe it's viral and then it like basically makes you paralyzed, but it can come back, but it doesn't always come back. Everything doesn't come back, but it, most of it does for most people, I think.
0: That's scary. It's very scary.
1: But she, at this point, she's so sick. But at this point, Debbie is so sick. And they don't know what's going on. Like, they're like, is it Guillain-Barre? Is <laughs> this deja vu? I hate you right now. <laughs> but she gets better. Like, just randomly kind of gets better. But then she gets worse again. Oh, this is
0: definitely poison. And that's how it always happens.
1: So, they're like, okay, well maybe it's her gallbladder and old dr doc he's like take her gallbladder out like if this is what's making her sick like take her fucking gallbladder out
0: oh my god and they're
1: like uh no she is so sick she would die on the table we're not taking her gallbladder out like she's too sick absolutely not like we gotta figure some more stuff out so then they're like okay maybe it's that myelodysplastic syndrome which is like it's like my dad had it, it, what they thought right before, like, it kind of turns into leukemia, from what oh, I understand. Okay. So, they're like, okay, let's look at some of her cells, like, under the microscope. So, her physician goes and looks at her red blood cells, and he's like... So, he goes back and flips through all his textbooks, because he's like, I, I know this. what, But, like,
0: mm-hmm. is this
1: what I know this is? Yeah. And sure as shit, arsenic poisoning. Uh-huh. So... In all the forensic file's glory, they take a hair sample from her because that's the best way to see how long it's been happening. Mm -hmm. Because the problem was, is that for a little while there, they were like, wait, what? Because the Pignateros had two kids, a daughter and a son. And at one point, the daughter started getting symptoms too. And so they were like, well, is it in the water? Because, you know, arsenic used to be used as for like embalming fluid or an embalming substance so they're like okay well is it in the water so they're like doing all these tests on all these things but when they tested debbie's hair she had almost thirty thousand like micrograms milligrams whatever it is of arsenic in her system
0: oh my god a lethal
1: dose can be as low as 50 to 100
0: are you she's alive yes
1: So, she had the most ever recorded in a living person. Holy shit. So, they start doing some digging. And they, of course, figure out it's Anthony, Dr. Pignatero, that did this to her. And the reason why the daughter got sick was because he had made a pot of soup with it. Mm. And when he, like, took the soup up to the mom... The daughter like scooped her some and ate some. Mm -hmm. And they figured it out because there was this specific like rat trap thing that he had bought to use around the house. Yeah. These specific little circle jar can things. And like it was totally enough of arsenic in that to kill someone. Yeah. But where he fucked up was he gave her little bits at a time and it didn't kill her when he finally gave her like that big last dose yeah, to like be like, okay, can we kill her? Because <laughs> he had, she had built up a tolerance to it. yeah. So she, she even says like on the forensic files, she's like, he's probably like, basically like this bitch won't die. Like uh-huh. that's basically what she said too. Like yeah. he's probably like, why won't she die? But because he gave her these little bits along the way, keeping her sick. Then when he gave her the big dose, she had built up a tolerance for it and it didn't kill her.
0: Can I have her immune system? Fuck. She's strong. So this is
1: why they think he did it. What in, well, one of the things is he basically could not get a divorce because his mom would have cut him off. Uh huh. But also they think that because when Sarah died under the knife, he was like, people die in surgery all the time. <sighs> Like it's 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 part of the business, basically. Yeah. And so they think that he wanted the surgeons to try to remove Debbie's gallbladder so she would have died on the table. Uh. So he could be like, see? Patients die all the time during yeah. surgery. During routine surgery. Oh my gosh. Now they had even um because doctor Pignatero had made it sound like um sarah smith's husband was after them and like trying to kill debbie because he killed sarah and like somebody had like spray painted killer on the side of their house but they're like no we're pretty sure he spray painted the killer we know that sarah smith's husband was out of town when all of this poisoning was happening with her Mm -hmm. like it was not him like it was 100 percent the good doctor yeah but like what kind of convoluted thinking is that? If I can get my wife to die on the table, then I might can get my medical license back because, I mean, if she died and Sarah died, I mean, it's the same thing, right? A what dumb narcissist? Fuck? Legit. <laughs> yes. Legit. So he ended up pleading guilty to charges for arsenic poisoning.
0: What he serve? Two months?
1: No, he actually got 15 years for this. Finally. So... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I kind of just wonder, though, how much did Debbie, like, she was in that surgery with him. Like, mm-hmm. she knew, because she's the one that said on the episode of Forensic Files that he didn't finish his training in as an ENT. Like, so she knew all of that. She knew he wasn't an ENT. She knew he wasn't a plastic surgeon. She knew he was doing all of these surgeries without a surgery suite, without an anesthesiologist, without all of this stuff. And she was there for it. yeah. But no matter what you think about that, she didn't deserve to be no poisoned. She said that she wishes that he would be forced to take the same amount of arsenic that he gave her. Yes. Because she has lasting impairments from the arsenic because it damaged the nerves so much, like in her hands and all, mm-hmm. that she has she is going to forever have deficits from the poisoning. Wow. So it doesn't end there.
0: Oh gosh so
1: after he got out of prison like after the 15 years or whatever yes after the 15 years because he got out in 2013 he moved to buffalo new york and he opened a business called tony hot cosmetic llc and he changed his name to tony hot like h-a-u-t-e um insert the Lane bryant <laughs> ho cash or whatever maybe it's yeah. hot. i always say hot maybe it is ho anyway don't mind me. Um <laughs> so he says that this business this this haute cosmetics is skincare and it's skincare where you use your own DNA derived plasma. And it refers to himself as a doctor on the website. The emblem for the like the the logo for the company is like you know like the staff with the snake
0: going up it like it's very medical looking. It's a C word. A codic cauda- I don't know. It's always in uh, the... Find Me Games. Yes. On the website,
1: he would be called Dr. Tony Hote and then would like call himself doctor on there numerous times. When he's been ordered, you cannot practice medicine ever again. Like that was part of... The first plea deal. Right. The, the website said that he was a retired physician.
0: Wow.
1: So basically, it says that it was the first and only skincare system formulated from one's own DNA-derived plasma. And the address for the business was just one mile away from his previous office where he murdered Sarah Smith.
0: Oh my gosh
1: So basically the neighbors had actually called police a few times when they noticed that a bunch of like surgical supplies were being shipped there and so the news people like are good because he's working at this food distribution plant and they're like hey, what's going on and he's like refuses to comment of course but eventually the um, the website was like shut down. Then as of the most recent thing that I could find is that um, he's living in Florida. And still going by now Anthony Hote. It might be hot. I have no idea. I don't either. H-A-U-T-E. But anyway. So he's advertising on eldercare.com. Oh, my gosh. As a trustworthy senior caregiver in South Florida.
0: Oh, no, he's not.
1: So basically, there's nothing they can do because there's no reason that, like, he couldn't aside from the fact he's been in prison, like, I don't understand why that background, like, that elder care thing didn't do a better background check, but um, the district attorney in New York was like, I just hope he doesn't do anything crazy down in Florida because, believe me, he's capable of doing it.
0: Yeah, like, why would he be able to be in care?
1: And then this this one article I found that was talking about his stuff in elder care, it said that he charges... $3,500 a month and has, quote, extensive patient care experiences that includes, quote, administering medications, assessments, and respite work.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So that article that I found said that they had reached out to the eldercare.com, but they didn't get a response. But that's all we have for this, like, intense case. Yeah. Because, I mean, how, like, not only did he, like you said, freaking potentially mutilate some patients mm-hmm. he killed one attempted to kill his wife and gave her permanent disability yeah and then gets out of prison t- in total spends like 15 and a half years in prison for all of that spends more time in prison for attempted murder on his wife than he did for literally murdering right? someone and And gets out and then still tries to play a doctor online when he's not supposed to. That should have been an arrest. And then I don't understand why this elder thing didn't do a better background check. There's no way he should be in in having someone's care in his hands. Right. I'm like, is that a
0: fucking scam? Allegedly. That was exactly, like you said, intense. You know what else is intense? How poorly i spoke spanish the other day when we did sinister sightings you're not wrong you really could have used Babel. i really could have should have definitely should've, would've.
1: Should've, would've. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that that laugh was but what i do know is that uh babbles is the bee's knees and they're back and we're super excited about it because Babel is so different than any other tool to learn a language First of all, there's 14 different languages that you can learn, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, just to name a few. And with Babbel, you have little 10-minute, bite-sized little lessons where you can learn and start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks.
0: And they're not just using AI for their lesson plans. Babbel's lessons were created by over 150 language experts, i.e., not me and Carrie, And they're voiced by real native speakers, not computers. So that really helps you with improving your accent
1: and your pronunciation. Because Babbel has specific speech recognition technology to help with that.
0: And that's okay if you don't do well with lessons. You can access podcasts, games, videos, stories. And then if you're one that needs a live class, they got you, boo. I'm like...
1: You're speaking my language (laughs) with the games. (laughs) Right? Because
0: teach me in a game and I am in it to win it. Right. And hey, it's okay if you're not. If you try it and you're like, oh, I don't think I like it. I mean, I don't think you will do it. But you have 20 day money back guarantee that Babel offers you. I know we've said this every time we've talked about
1: Babbel. But one of the things I love the most about it is that it really does help you with your pronunciation and accent because when you have such a strong accent as your natural, like, speaking voice and language, it's really hard when you go to speak another language and it just sounds like Carrie with a southern accent saying German. Yeah. So that's why I really like Babel because it teaches you
0: how to do the accent. Hey, can you say accent
1: one more time? Well, apparently, I'm all about the words right now. So if you want to learn all the words in another language... Go get up to 55% off your subscription
0: at babble.com slash creep. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash creep for up to 55% off your subscription. One more time for the cheap seats in the back, babbel.com slash creep. Babbel is a language for life. Or if you just need to know how to say, can I get a Coke in a different language? All right, you might have taken us to New York, but I'm gonna take us back down to Texas. Where? Texas. There you go. I'm going to talk about Granberry, Texas. It's about 80 miles southwest of Dallas. So we were so close, yet so far away. And if we were going anywhere other than the festival and we didn't let Colby
1: go to damn Top Golf, oh Lord. <laughs> but they got a to Top Golf because that's been the only place we'd have
0: been able to go. Uh huh. Why did I repeat the same thing twice? you That's your normal thing. You bookend. Well, their slogan is that Granbury is a place where Texas history lives. So a little bit of history is it was founded in 1887. And it basically started on 40 acres that was donated. It was named after General Hiram B. Granbury, who was a Confederate brigadier general his name was spelled differently it was spelled grand b-e-r-r-y but this is grand b-u-r-y we are doing all the spelling in our episode today (laughs) people say that they believe someone misread the name when they were looking at a document but others say it's because he chose to spell his name like granberry like the b-u-r-y so who knows I went through a whole phase where I wanted my middle name. It's Lee and I wanted it to be spelled like, I guess I, in my head, it was a more feminine way. So it was L-E-I-G-H and I was just like, no, this is going to be a thing. That's how I want it spelled and it didn't happen. And now like I, if I had that, I wouldn't want it. I like my name now. Anyway, the first building ever was a log cabin that was a courthouse But soon it became a stop on the railroad, so the town started to grow. And very quickly, like within a few years, that one lonesome building had 38 others surrounding it. Granbury is the county seat of Hood County, which just happens to be where Davy Crockett's family received 640 acres and land grants after the Texas Revolution. Davy? Davy Crockett? King of the Wild Frontier? Yes. <laughs> Damn. Not that one. <laughs> God, I'm such a dork. Well, there's another famous person that is said to be associated with Granberry, and that is Jesse James. Do you have a thing for him, too? uh uh-uh. You don't know the song about Jesse James? No. I don't either. <laughs> oh, I was like... Uh. Well, then I just, in my head, started singing that Toby Keith Should Have Been a Cowboy, But it's like uh, riding my something like Jesse James or whatever. Anyway, he is supposedly buried there. But there's a little debate as to when he actually died and where he's buried. Some say that he was shot and killed in 1882. But others say that was another person that was in the gang and Jesse didn't die then. And they say that he met a woman, fell in love, and also fell in love with the city of Granbury. So much so that later on, he returned with his grandson until Jesse James died of natural causes. And so he's buried in Granbury. A lot of the James family descendants, they believe this version to be true. And they've like dedicated a headstone to the Granbury Cemetery. And like they go and visit it. And so it's not like they just did it and forgot about it. Like they go and visit him. I'm not a big like go visit a grave type of gal me either which is why i have my family with me in my house all right but like i mentioned before this place really does have a lot of history and it seems like some of those people of the past don't want to be forgotten there's a lot of different places around granberry that it's said that there are spirits there There's some places that don't have a lot of information but there have been sightings, like the Square Cafe in downtown Granbury. It's haunted by an apparition known as the Woman in Red. Not the Lady in Red? Nope, a woman. That's registered trademarked yeah. by, like, a perfume company? Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually a song, right? I think so. Well, several employees have seen her, and she's often spotted on or nearby the stairs. Another place is a restaurant named Farina's, and the ghosts are in the rooms above the restaurant. However, there's been an incident downstairs that the employees say is due to the ghost. There is a wine glass that was forcibly thrown from the shelf and shattered, and no one was around, but it wasn't just that employee who saw it. There were two customers, and they watched it happen, too. Another place is a store called Market on the Square. It's located at 112 North Houston. And I hope that's not Houston or something because, you know, I will fuck up a Texas name. I'm so sorry, y'all. It sounds like the kind of store we would love, Carrie. Antiques, furniture, and vintage decor. Well, sign me up. Unless it's haunted. (laughs) Well, it is. But there's an apparition that they call the Faceless Girl. And she loves to play with the toys and has appeared in pictures. And, you know, people are like, uh, there wasn't a little girl there. But um, why is it going to be the faceless girl? I get that she probably doesn't have a face, but, like, that is creepy. And also reminds me of Game of Thrones because it's, like, the faceless god or god of a thousand faces, whatever. See, I went straight to the Amish dolls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one place that has a little more background is Langdon Center. It's located at 308 East Pearl Street, and it's a center for the arts, like a gallery, that kind of thing. It was named for Dora Lee Langdon, who was a huge fan of the arts and left money in her will with the instructions on turning it into a cultural center. Because first, it was a home to the Gordon family. It was built in 1882. Alonzo Peyton Gordon, or he was known as AP, he was the father of the family and he had a saloon, he had a mercantile store nearby. And so like, you know, they were well known, they were very successful. And the house stayed in the Gordon family until 1982. So literally a hundred years in that family. Anyway, people have claimed to see AP while they were at the house. They also hear phantom footsteps. The doorbell will ring, but uh, it's been broken for many a year. AP's granddaughter, Audrey, she passed away when she was just five years old in 1908. She loves music and loves to play with the children who hold their recitals there. People hear a little girl's laughter, and they've witnessed a young girl running up and down the stairs, but when they go to find her, no one's ever there. During one paranormal investigation, the group was playing the guitar and singing because they were trying to interact with Audrey because they knew she liked the music. Well, it worked. When they paused for a minute, they didn't know it, but they had caught an EVP of a little girl saying to not stop playing. If I had been there, she would have been like, tell that girl to stop singing. She's ruining it. And if Carrie had been there, she would say, tell that girl, those are the wrong lyrics. You are not wrong. Another famous place for paranormal happenings is the Hood County Jail Museum. Obviously, it was a jail and now it's a museum. But it was built in 1885. It's a two-story building made of limestone that's native to Granbury. And it also has a tower that they used as the gallows, but it said that only one person was hanged from there, but then I saw another one that said no one was, so I'm not sure on that. It operated until 1978, and it housed both male and female inmates. The first floor had four bedrooms and one bathroom, and it was basically like the check-in and the sheriff's living quarters. The second floor had three rooms, the gallows, and it had a single cell and then a main cell. So the single cells, it was to house the women or the mentally ill inmates. And then the main cell was set up like a cell within the cells. So it was really like an iron cage for these people. They were two cells within that big cell And they had four beds in each. So it was like really tight living quarters. There was one common toilet and one sink. You know it had to be bad. Like, serious. Oh, gosh. But then one of the sheriffs decided that he would get rid of the one window that they had. And so they bricked it up. They used four pipes. Like, four small pipes for fresh air. So can you imagine? No. In fucking Texas... Like, the heat, the every, like, I, you thought I was sweating bad in Dallas then? Oh, God, I would have been a puddle. I would have escaped because they would have been like, oh, it was liquid goo going down the stairs. Like, that would be me. They're like, did you just see Alex Mack (laughs) And if you thought that was bad, it wasn't bad enough because hornets would wreak havoc on the inmates during the summer so they had to stop up the pipes and get no fresh air at all so the smell you know had to be terrible but it was that or get stung like fucking mad by hornets here's the difference Tiffany would have been like, leave the pipes open because nothing ever stings her or bites her. Me and Carrie literally could have been away from the hornets and they're going to like go downstairs, find the vents and like come in. That's the damn truth. Like what the hell? But I do need ventilation. And circulation. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, they have different artifacts and stuff like that because it's in the museum. And they say that they seem to work as trigger objects for the spirits in the jail. People have heard disembodied voices like a woman yell, leave. There's been slamming of gel cells and even a man's voice that was like growling at someone. Mysteriously, the sheriff's badge that was on the first floor under a glass covering that was locked, it disappeared and it had no tampering at all. There's a book called Ghostly Tales of Granberry by Brandy Hur. And it talks about a Native American man named Joe. It gives information on how Joe received his name. There was a group touring the jail, and one of them said that she could do automatic writing. They did a session, and that's when Joe told him his name and said he had been separated from his tribe. Before the jail was turned into a museum, the chamber offices were there, and the director, Bobby Jordan, she said that she would work in her office, she would hear footsteps walking slowly up and down the stairs, and they sounded like they were entering her office but no one else was in the building. She said that she would feel a presence with her in her office sometimes, and she assumed it was Joe, but he kept his distance. It was usually like in a corner, like he was sitting in a chair. But another time, Bobby was working away at a deadline, and she said she felt the presence in the room again. And at first, you know, it was never a bad feeling, but this was more foreboding. The footsteps came up to her desk and just... She felt it was like closer than ever before. She said it felt like Joe was sitting on her. Bobby said that she felt as if a thick, misty cloud enveloped her entire body. She had taken off her shoes while she was doing work, and she didn't even put them on before running out of her office into her car to get the fuck out of there. There are many more spirits in the jail, but Joe is definitely the more famous Lots of paranormal groups have investigated, captured different EVPs. And there is this one poem that was written by a former inmate. It's on the wall in a jail cell. Well, Crystal Ramadan was with her group and she recited the poem. You know, just like going about asking questions, saw it on the wall and was like, hey, I am going to read this out. So she recited the poem and when they were reviewing their findings... They heard someone like an old man say, oh, shut up. So it was like either maybe she said the poem wrong, like it didn't have the right inflection. You know, it could have been the author of the poem. And he's like, you did not give it the finesse I, you know, like wrote it with. Or it was like someone who was in that same cell with him. And it's like, oh, my God, do I have to hear this again? I would be the first one. You would be the second one. (laughs) Legit was like, I would be the latter. (laughs) Well, on that same investigation, one of the members was scratched. And Crystal said that she felt like she was followed home. And she had some issues a little bit later. And she just was like, something was off on that that investigation. I did not feel safe there. Another place is the Nuthouse Hotel. Like N-U-T-T. That's her last name. It was made of limestone bricks. Again, a lot of places were made with limestone because it was native to the area. It came to be owned by the Nut Brothers. It was two stories. They were the owners of a mercantile business. Well, David and his wife, Sudi or Sudi, Nut, God, I, why am I a 13 year old boy saying the word nut and like all this stuff? And I'm like, he, he, he. God, uh, I suck. On the nuts. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. Anyway, they lived a few blocks away from their mercantile store. (laughs) Sorry, I just realized how serious my, oh, God, sounded, but I wasn't serious at all. Yes, she was. She hates it. (laughs) (laughs) But they lived away from the mercantile store. And when businessmen would come and do, like, to do business with them and stuff like that, they would allow them to stay at their house. So it kind of got like, okay, well, these people are staying here for like maybe an extended amount of time or, you know, whatever. So the Nuthouse Hotel was originally a hotel out of their house. Like, you know, I mean, hotel in quotes, but it was kind of built out of necessity. So soon they made the Nuthouse Hotel the second story of the mercantile building. But, like, don't get it twisted. It was swanky. It was she-she. It had, like, ten suites, two communal bathrooms, and they weren't, like, our dorm bathrooms back in the day. It was, like, spa-like shit, you know? Mary Lou Watkins, she's a former owner and operator of the hotel. She was keeping the family business going because she's a great-granddaughter of David Nutt. She also ran a restaurant that was located in the building. Well, Mary Lou allegedly appears throughout the building, and apparently she's still keeping her duties and wants to keep the place tidy and clean. Her spirit is attributed to opening and closing the shutters, like when business is going to open, they'll be open. They close when business is gone, like it's time to go. I'm like, cut! can you come over to my house? But she does turn on the faucets and she does slam doors, so never mind, stay there.
1: Meanwhile, again, that's going to be my fucking life. I'm going to die. I'm going to be a ghost and I'm still going to have to work every fucking day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's one room, number four, that is specifically known as Mary Lou's room and it has drastic temperature drops. People who stay the night in that room say they also feel someone nudging them until they woke up. But when they woke, sorry, but when they woke up, no one was there. Also, they felt someone sit on the bed, but again, no one's there. There's a statue of Mary Lou with a dinner bell close to the Nuthouse Hotel, because that's what she was really known for is doing the restaurant. Then in room number five, there's a young girl spirit that they call Sally. You can hear the little pitter-patter of her footsteps in the room, and the sounds have been captured on EVPs, too. Another hot spot is in the upstairs hallway. You can hear keys jingling and a jangling. There's more footsteps. There's also disembodied sounds like laughter that fills the hall. Some have even smelled a uh, pipe smoke, and some people say they've witnessed a ghost cat on the property too. But the last location we're going to talk about is the Granberry Opera House. So through my research. So, when I was searching this stuff, something said that theater got big in Texas during the battle for Texas independence, and it, like, came about from Mexican war camps. I had no idea. I mean, not, like, theater in general, but, like, just in, yeah. in Texas, like, how it became that. But the Opera House was built in 1886 by Henry Kerr, who was a retired city official. It's two stories, And it had a saloon and a saddle shop on the first door, Mm -mm. on the first floor. And then the theater was upstairs. And now there was a sign that told men to remove their spurs before entering the theater. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. There were also dances that were held upstairs. Like there was a ballroom and stuff there. The Opera House closed in 1911, and there were different businesses in and out of that building, but it had fallen into disrepair, needed to definitely be renovated, and guess who it was sold to? Divot Douche. No, Joe L. Nutt. That n- family nutted all over that. <laughs> Ma'am, did you write that down? I did, I can't get it? That said, does not surprise me. The Nut family nutted all over that town, apparently. <laughs> I can't with you. Anyway, he deeded the building to the Granbury Opera Association in 1974. So now it is back to its former glory. Hole. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was one. Hold on. So I was like, wait, we're scared. How many miles is it from <laughs> But there is one famous or infamous ghost that people say they've seen there. And you'll know the name. It's John Wilkes Booth heard of him yeah it's a joke okay who is he he shot lincoln yeah <laughs> well it's said that john Wilkes booth was shot to death at garrett's farm in virginia where they found him soon after the assassination well there's a conspiracy theory that some like higher-ups helped booth escape and then killed another man to look like they killed jwb is that what we're calling him? That's what we're calling him. Okay. I just got really tired of typing his name. It's very long. <laughs> um. So he found his way south, landed in Granbury, where he used the name John St. Helen. Now, this man, John St. Helen, he was a bartender in the late 1870s. He was well-liked because he quoted Shakespeare and shit. You know, he was very, like yeah well apparently he even performed at the very own opera house that we're talking about so anyway later in life when he was on his deathbed he confessed his sins to a priest he told the priest that he was jwb and that he had shot lincoln he said that there was a murder weapon wrapped in newspaper and it was hidden under the floor where he lived and he was like it's under like this certain floorboard Well, lo and behold, he survived. It was not his deathbed. Like, he got better. And so he was like, oop! And moved to Oklahoma, changed his name again. Because he just literally was like, BT-dubs killed the president, right? Yeah, here's a a national secret. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, he couldn't have people knowing that shit. So, anyway, in 1913, John St. Helen died by suicide. However, later on... In 1938, the house was demolished where he had lived. And there was a gun wrapped in newspaper that had like yellowed because it had been there over some time right where he said it had been. Awkward. And, right? And what was on the newspaper? The announcement of Thing's death. Yes. The, yeah, like the headline was about Lincoln's assassination. So how it's tied to JWB other than like no but like was that really him I don't know like I don't know because then you're like no he he died from that shootout blah 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 but like if you believe someone paid him to do it and then they helped him get away all the things you know like I don't know and why would he then have a gun wrapped I, I don't know just so much anyway. But there is an apparition. It's seen dressed in large black boots and a black coat. And he's been heard quoting Shakespeare. And sometimes he's wearing like a puffy white shirt that you would think someone who is like, you know, reciting Macbeth would wear. So people who have seen this apparition and they've seen pictures of JWB, they're like, yeah, that's that's who I saw. Like he looks just like him. And if he was, you know, John Satan Helen. Quote unquote, at that time, and he had performed there, and because riddle me this, riddle me that, I didn't do this much research apparently. But JWB, he was an actor, like he was in. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was in it, wasn't he? Yeah. So okay. Americans, we don't know shit about <laughs> our shit. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, we just make cute names like JWB. Yeah. It's not cute. But of, you know. of a
1: presidential assass- assassin, probably not the best. But
0: I, I, it's long names. Like I get why we have to do three names, but. My fingers were cramping. Okay, so on Discovery Channel, there's this paranormal investigation team. I don't know if you've heard about them or not. Do you think you've heard about them? Uh, uh,
1: Maybe, question mark? Probably not, but maybe.
0: No, I I just wanted you to think it was Dibbic Douche, but it's not. They're called Ghost Lab, but I really don't care for them. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't because they're like not... Look, here's the thing. Dibbic Douche, you either love him or you hate him, you know, But me, I'm somewhere in the middle because, you know, loved him at first. And then he wasted four hours of my life that I never got back. Um, And so I was like, meh. But at least he's entertaining. Like, you watch it and, like, you're going to watch it for some history and shit. But you're also going to watch and be like, what stupid shit is he going to make Aaron do? Like, all the things. Like, you watch it because it's, like, trash entertainment. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Goes to Lab. If y'all like it, great. But, like... they're not as entertaining as Zach is. if You know what I mean? And, like... Zach's not that entertaining. He literally
1: provokes a ghost for 45 minutes, however long the show is, and then freaks the fuck out if the ghost does anything back to it. But
0: that's what's entertaining because you get to make fun of it. Like, when we watch on a watch party, like, we can be, like, in three, two, one, Zach's gonna be, like... Possessed. Yeah. So, like, that's what I mean. Like, you... It's just something, like, you know... I don't know. I just feel like... Go slab it in it for me, okay? So I didn't watch the show because I would have to pay for it because it was not available on my Discovery Plus. Now, riddle me this, riddle me that. Why do I have to say that every fucking time? I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know, I'm the riddler. But like it, this is from season one. I think it's episode eight, if you can find it. But it went from seven to nine on my thing, and I'm like, the fuck? I was IMDB in it to be like, now y'all said that y'all had a thing. Could not find it because I was going to watch it. I was going to be like, you know what? Just watch it for the podcast. Take one for the Mm team. But then I said, nope, not paying to watch them. So they said that they like caught some anomalies. Could not find what anomalies. Well, yeah, they're not going to post what they found because that gives it away. But see, like Zach and them, they have enough followings that they do those fandom wikis and stuff. So you can find all their stuff there, too. Well, they can't help that they're a slightly smaller <laughs> broadcast. Well, and I will, I will say, Ghost Lab is, n- like, not the worst by far. By far. But ain't no one Ghost Brothers. Uh-uh. They are amazing. Love them, love them, love them. So, seriously, if you hate Zach and how he doesn't antagonize the ghosts, because, like, totally get that? The Ghost Bros... They're they're not like that. They're funny in, like, an actual funny way. And I feel like they really treat the ghost with respect. And if they're not, like, they're trying to get a date with the ghost. You know? Truth. truth. There it is. Anyway, but I did watch a YouTube video by Love Jar Vlogs. And they took a tour of the opera house. And the guide told them that in the late 1930s is the first time that, like, They have on record that someone said that they saw a ghost there. The cleaners of the theater, they saw two women sitting near the front. So they were like, oh, shit, we got to get the police here because these people should not be here. But no one was there. And that happened several times. Also, I I felt really bad for those people who cleaned the theaters because my parents did. And I will tell you. That is a fucking freaky job when it's just, like, empty and rows of seats and, like, it's at night, obviously, because it's when it's closed. I was freaked the fuck out every single time I was there. Every time. Yeah, but you're kind of a scaredy pants. I mean, don't get
1: me wrong. I'd have been scared, too, but, like, you are scaredy Well,
0: not just for, like, ghosts. I was scared, like, someone was there because it's so easy to stay like go into the bathroom and shit. Yeah, because not those workers are not gonna always go and check every stall and stuff. So it's like, uh uh-uh. I agree with that the fifth floor. That's where all the costumes and stuff is. Well, that's where a lot of people feel a presence like they say they feel it everywhere. But like right there, it's like radiating a presence. On the fourth floor is the grand ballroom. Uh, but now they have like that covering over the hardwood floor. I can't think of what it's called, but uh, it's a dance studio. So there was an investigation going on and they caught some infrared stuff on that floor, like on that level of the building. The guide really didn't know much more about it. He he was more clueless than me. And I'm like, get it. Like, because he's like, infrared? He, they were really excited about it. I was like, yeah. I mean, that's basically me telling my story. Well, on the balcony level of the theater, there's a man's presence that stays there and it's like he's angry. It People feel the oppressive feeling and they've heard like an older man grumbling, but no one's up there. And this is a different ghost man than the JWB one. Like that one is like, Living his best life, like at the theater, you know what I mean? This one is like Carrie at the theater. I <laughs> mean, like, I like the theater, not having to be there all the time. No, I need to sit down, I can't be standing up all the time. Me either, my lower back be hurting. But that's what I have for the town of Granbury, they have lots of ghosts. Tours and stuff, because I mean, there's so many locations that you can go to that has a story. Before we wrap up this haunting and we continue to talk about that
1: terrible doctor, we gotta talk about these good doctors over at Apostrophe.
0: You know, you've heard us say many, 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 many times that we do not like having to make a lot of decisions. Like, so whether you're having to make decisions on cereal, toilet paper, all the things. It's hard. It's overwhelming, but it can be more simple to find good quality skincare products that actually work. So here's what you do. You go to Apostrophe's website, apostrophe.com slash creep,
1: and you're going to fill out a quiz and you're going to take a couple of little selfies of yourself that...
0: Oh, selfies of yourself. Okay. Exactly.
1: So what that's going to do is it's going to give an expert dermatology team all the information that they need to customize a skincare routine for you and your unique skin needs whether it's whether it's acne fine lines and
0: wrinkles rosacea no matter what they're going to be able to curate a package just for you and through apostrophe you can get access to oral and topical medications that have clinically proven ingredients to help your skincare needs and specifically acne is kind of their bread and butter where
1: they where the company started and where they you know kind of their niche market but they're able to help you with all of your skincare needs but we've talked about it before they help with acne on your face but knee chest knee back knee all of the different acne's They can help you with your breakouts from head to toe. So Apostrophe helps me with some acne breakouts. It helps me with my rosacea and some fine lines. And like I said, I went on, filled out a quiz, took a couple of selfies, super easy, uploaded those. And then I had my consultation with the dermatology team, which was super easy because they had so many available appointments and you didn't have to be on FaceTime. Like it could be like just like a quick call with your dermatology team.
0: Yes. And again that's a good thing. You don't have to take off work to go sit and wait in a waiting room or anything like that.
1: Yeah. And I did it before work. So like she said, I didn't have to miss and it literally only took like less than 10 minutes. So it was super fast, super convenient. And I just walked in, clocked in and there I was. So if you want to experience all the good good that Apostrophe has and get your first visit for only $5, go to apostrophe.com slash creep, and then when you use our promo code creep, you're going to get a savings
0: of $15. So again, go to apostrophe.com slash creep, click begin visit, use our code creep at sign up, and you'll get your first visit for only $5. $5. Finally make you holla. Apostrophe makes you cream. Oh, okay.
1: Get it? We get it. I swear, any stories dealing with doctors just makes it that much creepier because like when you're in surgery like that, you're literally putting your life in their hands. Yes. They make one wrong move, one wrong decision. But that's why they go to school for so long. And that's why they have all of that training that they get. And that's why it's super important that when you're picking a new physician, you're looking these people up. Yeah. But back when this was happening in 1997, they couldn't Google and be like, is this a board certified physician? Does this, where did this doctor get his training? Like you couldn't just Google that information. So how, I mean, of
0: course he was able
1: to have all of these victims.
0: But even then the Dr. Death guy, he did have that kind of shit. And he was terrible. I was just about to say that. But then you have people like Dr. Death, who
1: who so many different places, like allegedly Baylor, just like
0: shove stuff out of the rug because they didn't want to deal with all the ramifications, the lawsuits, mm-hmm. the this, the that. Whenever you do medical stuff like that, it makes my blood boil. Always on like the medical board and stuff where, I mean, he had complaints against him. Like 15 complaints.
1: But to whom? I don't know. Like, I don't know who they
0: made those complaints too. True. But I just don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, but that guy who was in, I think, Australia that, like, put the nurse in fire, like, lit that nursing home on fire. Yes. That's right. Most of the hospitals he worked for just was like, oh, yeah, he's fine. Like, go ahead and hire him. It's good. And they could have been like, no, he's not good. Don't hire him. But they were like, eh, go ahead. He's not our problem anymore. Yeah. And so it's just so, like oh y'all know that y'all have bad seeds these people are still practicing medicine like you're just as guilty as they are because you're allowing them to have the scalpel in their hand it just oh it just drives me bonkers and it is scary well and that's the thing because
1: you really do have bad seats in every single profession oh 100 but like there are some professions that have to be held to a higher standard because the consequences are dire you know it's like a physician or a police officer or any first responder a firefighter a a paramedic an emt like any anybody in those positions anything medical period like a bad day for you could literally destroy somebody's life. Yeah. But on the flip side, I mean, I work in occupational medicine where, you know, you have a guy that uh, was supposed to take a blade off a machine and uh, somebody from maintenance comes by to fix it and the blade wasn't taken off and they've destroyed their hand. Right. So it's like, you know, errors happen. Yes. But like you're in the big leagues when you're playing with people's lives, Mm -hmm. like in medicine, you know? Yeah. And so it's like you are held to a higher standard because It matters more.
0: Yeah. Also, I just think about like the trauma that his patients have, because a lot of people do mistrust doctors or don't trust doctors, whatever, but now they're not going to trust doctors even more because they've been wronged by one. Well, even just like, you know,
1: okay. So like after I was sick a few years ago when I had the PICC line and I was doing the IV antibiotics, now when I do my weekly infusions and I... There's this um, like big syringe that I have to open and it smells just like like the heparin and the saline solution that I had to use on my IV. And I'm like, oh, every week when I open it, it takes me back. So it's like there's something about their care that every time X, Y or Z happens, it's going to take them back. And it's like they have to relive that every single time for the rest of their lives because of a decision he made yeah it's so scary but at least now we have more tools in Mm -hmm. place to help us find good quality providers yes
0: and I honestly feel like a lot more people are liking their doctors now like you are able to find a doctor that listens to you more I don't know I'm just thinking about like me I found doctors that like actually take what I say and like Listen and don't just say lose weight, you know. Right. I feel like you have found people because I think you mentioned about like your IG Abby that like a lot of people were just like, yeah, 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 whatevs. And now they're like, oh no, like that's legit. Yeah. Well, it sucks because you had to be not listened to a long time
1: before Mm -hmm. you're diagnosed. But yeah, I think that the, um, our expectations of physicians are changing. Like, you know, they're not up here and everybody else is down here anymore. It's like, no, I'm paying you. You're here to help me. Yeah. You're not going to treat me like shit. Yeah. Because that's true. You can fire a physician just like a physician can fire you as a patient. Like, yeah, you don't have to go to them.
0: Yeah. So if you're out here listening to this, and you're like, I hate my physician, do like Carrie said, like, don't be scared to go seek a different opinion. Stand up for yourself too, because you're, you are your best and only advocate. And you know what's going on with your body. So if they're saying that doesn't make sense, okay, great. Write all that down and take it to another person, because someone else is going to listen to you. Because sometimes I don't use the right words that I'm, needing to say you know like just take this for example one time I was trying to tell a mechanic like what my car sounded like like and so I recorded it one time because when I was telling him you know I'm like and it was like you know or whatever and they're like okay that gives them nothing. so I was able to record it and stuff and it did sound like that because they weren't able to reproduce it but they needed to get over a certain amount of like mileage, you know, RPMs. Yeah. But like they hadn't, they hadn't because they thought, oh, it was just that whatever. But like, I kept going like, no, this is happening. And I don't want to break down on the freaking road. And so I went back like, three times and they were like, no, we finally got it. You know, but like, mm-hmm. I just kept doing it. And you feel stupid being like, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. But they finally, like one of them were like, yeah, no, I've heard that. Well, y'all have to literally
1: say this sentence every episode. Y'all, you really do. Well, y'all let us know what you think, because we want to know.
0: We do. Oh, my God. Scooby-Doo's birthday.
1: Today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saw it on the Facebook group. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> George posted it. Thank you, George. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. Because you said... Because I said, we do. And I was like, dooby-dooby-doo. Wait, is that it? Scooby-dooby-doo, wherever yeah, you... okay. Well, that was like... But it... Scooby Dooby do No, that's not it. Yes, it is. Not the right thing, because that's where are you? You got some work to do now, but I'm doing like Scooby Dooby Doop. Like I see you.
1: Da, 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 da Also, um, what happened? Well, would have been yesterday. Was the airing in 1985 of the very first episode of Golden Girls ever? Oh, we didn't have cheesecake. I did today. You
0: motherfucker.
1: A patient brought it. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review all the things. And like I said before, let us know what you think because we do care. And remember,
0: creep it real and and don't get scared.
1: scared.